On today's episode, I spoke with Eddie, a member of Chicago's finance industry. On the eve of the grand jury's decision on the Breonna Taylor case, we covered a lot of ground. We discussed how identity politics have ruined America, how understanding someone's worldview can allow you to see their humanity, and finally, how some beliefs can be flexible and how others cannot, like the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm hoping that our conversation has convinced him to start his own podcast, as he may have asked better questions than I did. I hope you enjoy. Kind regards, Nick. Welcome to the free podcast. Uh, uh, Welcome to the free interview. It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm glad you cleared your schedule. We finally did this. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a a long time coming. Yeah, it has been. Honestly, uh, are you a comedian? I'm not. I'm not. I've done stand up uh, before, but I was not very good at it. I just got off the phone with my friend talking about stand up, and he's like, I went up there, I told jokes, and no one laughed. I'm like, that's literally what every open mic is like. Yeah, yeah. I and the thing is, you like you had this brilliant idea. You're like, I can be funny. I watch comedy. I'm funny around my friends. I think I'm improvisational. Yeah. And then ultimately, you go up there. You're like, oh, what the fuck was I talking about? Right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, it's a hard. It's I think it's one of the hardest things to do in life. Yeah. Is stand up comedy. Because you, you don't have any, you don't have anyone to go off of, right? If you did theater or if you did a sport or you have teammates, right, to some degree. Exactly. You're really so alone. And also the rejection is like, it's more real than a normal kind of rejection. It's like, oh, you don't like my brain almost, you know? Yeah. Are, are, do you do stand-up? Uh, I've done under 10 of them. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm probably at 10, but I've like kind of given up on it, to be honest with okay. you. But it's one of those things where like I'd like to continue to write bits in my mind because uh-huh. like, I think it's something that makes life worth living. And then... Every once in a while, I'll go and do it because doing hard things is always good. Yeah. So, but what what it, got you into it? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, I've always done kind of theater, and um, I liked writing a lot as a kid. I stopped doing it once I kind of grew up a little bit more. Um, and I mean, I didn't. I watched a bit of stand up when I was younger, but not like any of these like people who love comedy were like, God, I've seen every single special type of thing. I've seen every. Uh, Louis C.K. or Joe Rogan and all these different specials. And I, I wasn't necessarily like that. Um, but I, 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 um, I worked in advertising for a bit when I lived in Providence, Rhode Island, where I'm from. And um, I, I always, like, was nervous about going into acting and, sure. or at least trying to go into acting, attempt to see what that would be like. Yeah. And then I went to a, a life coach, and uh, I did, like, six sessions with her over FaceTime. And... She just has us do these exercises where it's like if you were to picture, close your eyes, and on one side you have advertising and on the other side you have acting, step into the side of advertising. And then I did. And then I stepped into, step into the side of acting. And just either from my, the, the energy or the face I was giving off, she was like, you want to do acting. Like, you know you do. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, all right, well, I know I want to do acting. I know acting is incredibly freaking hard. Sure. But I would never know, and I would, like, hate myself or, like, be so down on myself if I never did try it, right? Exactly. And and then I started, and I was like, all right, well, I'm doing this. And and even before that, I was like, well, I, I kind of, I like improv, and I've never taken classes, but, like, I like it. When I was in high school, I wasn't, like, the most confident person, so I didn't have a lot of, like, 
I feel like the most confident people are normally the best at improv in high school because it's all pretty much like if you can be loud and like bold then you're funny exactly because if you're not that then you're like oh well i'm too afraid to say something because what if i say something that's not funny yeah and then you take improv classes and then you learn that's pretty much not improv yeah definitely and so i started taking improv and then i decided it's time to move here i moved here a year ago and that's kind of my journey right on man yeah what's your name i'm nick nick or nick nick with an N? N, yeah. I've thought about going by Mick, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I My name's Eddie. Eddie, nice to meet you. It's great to meet you, Nick. Yeah. Did you go to Brown? I did not go to Brown. Go I to Brown? Uh, I lived near Brown, and I also lived near RISD when I okay. lived there. How yeah. does that feel, living in a, a town known for its college town, but not getting in? Not getting in? Did you not? Did you Whoa! apply? No, uh, I mean, come on. <laughs> John Krasinski went there. No, yeah. He? John Krasinski did? Yeah. Brown. Yeah, the guy from uh, the, the office. office. Yeah. I, I did not know that. Um... I did not apply there because, as you adequately put ahead, <laughs> I would not have gone in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I mean it wasn't really something I necessarily. Uh, no, I was I, in- I've heard I've heard phenomenal things about Brown. I had, like loosely connected to somebody who went there. I actually know somebody who went there, and they say that town is the Providence, Rhode yeah. Island. It's just gorgeous. It's awesome. It's it's a small, so like this is Wicker Park, right? It's like a smaller this, I would say, to a degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a really fun artsy culture town. Um, coming up, I think it's gonna be one of those hot cities probably soon that people are like, damn, this is a cool sure. weird like a new Portland kind of thing. Dude, uh, I was just or- in Portland last week. What? In Oregon? Yeah. Oh, absolutely cool. chose the worst time yeah. to go to fucking Portland, man. Uh-huh. I mean, I like weird shit. Obviously yeah. I live in Wicker Park. Uh-huh. And so I was like, Oh, I wanna go check it. and also may I say, dude, this is hysterical that we're not hysterical, but it's just like it's cool that we're doing an interview in the yeah. middle there, there's a there's a uh, not a riot a, a protest on the street right there there's a protest going down yeah that's why the, the helicopter oh right shit there. i shouldn't be here i should be down there yeah so wait what oh shit okay um, well might, obviously we know what it's about in some yeah, regard yeah um, it, it, could have, be, it could be dispersing but yeah um for sure and i just think that's a it's a that, that's why this place is cool and that's why your your interview idea uh-huh it's validated. I just think doing an interview in such a wild little place. Yeah. A lot of, so a lot much of... shit going on mm-hmm. all at one time is a cool concept. I mean, that's the that's the goal. I mean, obviously, we're, we're, we're missing a lot of human interaction right now. This is as close as a good idea I had. Like, I had this idea maybe three days ago to be like, oh, shit, like, duh. Yeah, I, I saw this. you sitting over here two days ago, and I just thought you were get enough work or something uh-huh. but not the sign i was right. like oh that's yeah yeah yeah. Doing. and now i have this here so like it's and honestly that's the thing where i just keep coming here people are going to start getting more familiar with it and be yeah like, all right you know what <laughs> fine i'll i'll talk that's if you awesome. make me. Right um okay let's let's get back because you're here with me right now a lot of a lot of stuff going on but we're here right now sure uh, a lot of important stuff going on yeah. um okay so where are you from originally I grew up in uh, Jefferson Park, which is okay. the far north side of the city here. Okay. And then I left for four years for college. I went to college in uh, Missouri, University of Missouri. Okay, cool. Yeah. What uh, did you study? I studied finance and real estate, but um, uh, that's not my, that's not, like, that doesn't define me by any stretch of the imagination. No, hey, I, and, and if you're thinking I'm going to judge, be like, great a finance guy one of my best friends studied finance at bentley if you know that's okay great. right um, on yeah i just i think this whole pandemic has illuminated so much bullshit about everything yeah you know how college kids are doing zoom calls and zoom meetings now it's like uh, what am i trying to say here um colleges a lot of college is bullshit and yeah. i know i feel like i was you ask an 18 year old what he wants to study and you're like oh i don't know i don't know who the hell i, I didn't know who i was when i was 18 yeah 
and so I studied finance. But anyway, man, did you go to college? I did. Yeah, I went to. So uh, I went to one of the lame schools in Rhode Island called Roger Williams, um, okay. a liberal arts private school. Um, I studied graphic design there. Right on. But I started as an engineer because, like you, <laughs> what do I do? What do I? I mean, I did robotics, kind of. Sure. I'm a creative guy, engineering, and then I like I did a sem- I did a year of that, and at the end of the year I knew I was like, oh god, I like this math. Like I like math to a degree, and I I went all the way to calc two, physics two, and I like physics, but like there was just a point where I'm like, I think if ever I I'm in a world where I'm react I'm interacting with people who are smart and doing this stuff, I'm gonna be like a project manager, or I'm gonna be like working alongside and be like, ooh, let's do this idea. You do all the math stuff. And sure. I think that was something I realized early about myself. And graphic design was like the first thing where I was like, all right, this is something else creative. It's a little bit like you use like uh, points of data or uh, uh, points of metrics and uh, cutting stuff out. So you're kind of you're being a little bit um, crafty. It's a fun thing. Sure. My first assignment was making a collage out of magazines. And my, my engineer friends, who I'm really close to still, um, we're doing their calc homework or their like friggin' like differential equations or whatever homework. Sure. And I'm like making a collage out of like magazines and they're lit- <laughs> of course they're making fun of me because this is a college class. That, that's that, like the, the dichotomy between those two. Oh majors. my god, it's so absurdly different. They were probably pissed. They're like, dude, I should be in graphic design. I should be, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, their salaries tell a different story, but I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's um, funny, so though. that's cool. Did you just graduate? No, I graduated uh, 2018. Thank so, God. Yeah, I lived in Bucktown. I, I came home, lived with my parents uh, on the north side for a year. Then I moved to to Bucktown, uh, about a block away. And then I just signed a new lease, also in Bucktown. Just It's across Armitage, though. So I, I love Bucktown. I love um, Wicker. And I think it's like... It's very eclectic here, and it's yeah. cool, and I see people like you doing this shit, and uh-huh. that makes it worthwhile living here. Hell yeah. I mean, I lived in Lakeview for my first year when I moved here, and for me, it seemed like a good starter neighborhood. Sure. Because it was easy. It's it's right off the red. It's, um, you know, decent decent rent there. Decent rent. Yeah, yeah. it just worked out. Um and did you did you move here or did you you're still are you still in I Lakeview? moved so I live in I live in Bucktown now yeah like right on the cusp of Wicker, right um, and. I wanted to move here, obviously, before the the virus happened, and because I loved like, uh, what's it, um, Empty Bottle, and I loved all, like all the music venues down here. We were doing some really great improv down here at different like kind of like hole in the wall type places, sure. and just it reminded me of home a little bit more too. And I think that there's a lot of art and culture here, and I think in the surrounding area too, because obviously Wicker Park's pretty gentrified. Um, yeah, or, yeah, it, and like like Logan Square. That's where I like first saw that I was getting my bike fixed, and then I saw the protest. And that's why I was kind of just like chilling there, listening to what's going on, yeah, internalizing all of that. Mm. And then, um, but over here, yes, it's a little bit more gentrified, but there's still a lot of culture and art. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, and no offense to anyone from Lakeview listening to this, that that area is where a lot of my college friends live, and that's it's a beautiful area. Logan. No, no, no. I'm saying um, Lakeview. Oh, yeah, But yeah. it's a very, if you're in love Chicago, it's a very homogenous area. And mm-hmm. over here, it's just a little bit more diverse. Yes. Yeah. So um, I think you made a, the right decision. I think so, too. I just want to, I mean, in whatever, di- whatever diversity, like, I'm living in, I think it's, uh, I, 
I think about moving to places in like I'm um, in uh, the woods, you know. Like I'm right now, like I'm like I really would love to live a thorough type life, you know, like live in Maine or or Colorado or something. Sure. But I think the issues of that, and even Vermont, the issue is that it's like you just said, homogeneous. Hum- how do you say that word sometimes? Hum- homogeneous. Homogeneous. Thank you. Homogeneous, where it's not like you're not getting enough of different ways people grew up. And you're not learning, you know what I mean? And because of that, like, I mean, we're watching people who are getting pictures taken, right? And like dancers, like that's different. Oh, I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's so cool. I mean, there, there, there's a there's a softball game. There's a yeah, photo we have shoot, so much different a protest. Um, I think, yeah, I think. And I don't, I don't. I mean, you can get that maybe in Maine to a degree, but like, I don't know necessarily if it's you're gonna get the same energy. And that's what I'm drawn to big time. Like yeah. this type of stuff. This like immediate conversation. The, the 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 moments I'm sparking ideas and as people pass by, like oh wow that's weird, that was that, that's a cool thing. Definitely, definitely. Um, also, I mean, people over here seem a little bit more open uh, to talking and definitely, yeah, people are more open and just like when you talk to people, like the things that they do for a career is different than they work in they work in a an office study. And the thing is, I work in financial technology, mm. which I. I like my job. I think it's cool. I'm in a, like a, a niche part of finance that mm. it, I found meaning in. But at the same time, like I want to ex- expand my sphere of, I don't know, friends and learn from people. Oh, so yeah. over here, it's just a little bit more interesting. So yeah, it's also like a right side of the brain kind of place too, you know? Yes. So yeah. do, do, do you do, you were an engineer, which is left side of the brain, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You're creative as well. So what do you just, do you identify with one side of your brain or are you yeah, a hybrid? I think, I think it's a balance sometimes. Um, I mean, we have both sides, right? So it's got to be some sort of balance. I think, I mean, I'm constantly thinking of like, call it inventions, call it problem solving of like things we need to like, that will either better this world either in a way of like, oh, I can make money from this or hey, this can help environmentally. Hey, this can help fix someone's problem in their life. Sure. I've been watching a lot of Shark Tank lately. Um, and... I do like that aspect of me, which is like creative to a degree. And then also like the financial parts kind of like I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get better at that. I've been trying to learn about economics. I've been trying to learn more about politics and understand like uh, just the way government works in general and then different ideologies. And what's it mean to like, all right, what's it totally mean to have free health care or what's it mean? What would what are the trade offs for this kind of stuff? Because I can't just be someone who's toting. Bernie Sanders without being like, exactly. well, I understand what this means. You know exactly. What I mean? And, and that, that's how I've always felt is like, if I'm going to make a decision, I never like in college, I learned, I was raised in a very, you know, establishment Democrat household here in Chicago, uh, you know, liberal everything. And then when I went to college, I realized, um, not that liberal is a bad thing, but I think identifying, you know, um, Identifying with an ideology and our establishment yeah. and then dictating all of your thoughts yes. and all of your opinions upon whether or not they say that this is good or bad is an atrocity. And I think identity politics has ruined America. And so I I pivoted. I'm an independent. I'm not going to let an ideology or yeah, yeah, yeah. establishment dictate how I think. And with, but with that said, you the, it, the prerequisite to thinking in that way and being independent is you need to be educated. Mm-hmm. And there's a book right here. I'm just going to. Yeah, yeah, dude. Take it out. This book is called, this is one of the books that I was like, I need to read this. And it's paid off in dividends for my knowledge about how the world works. It's written by Richard Haas. He was um, 
the he was a, a veteran diplomat, like a head of state um, for two presidents, George H. W. and George W. But he's also just like he's a, just a veteran diplomat, and he's just done so much for the world, and he knows the world. And he wrote this book for people who it's pre, it, like the preface is like, look, I was on a boat in Nantucket, my friend's son was there, and. Um, I asked him, what does he study in school? I go to Stanford. I study computer science. Yeah. What kind of government classes, what kind of political science classes are you taking? He goes, I don't, I don't take any. And he realized that people don't understand how the, the world works and, the, and globalization works and how the, the decisions that are made in China or in Bangladesh or in Europe affect us and how our, our decisions have long-stretching you know, effects. So this book has taught me, like, what, is it, what do tariffs mean? What, what do subsidies mean? Is that good or bad? Should we be free market? Mm. Um, Things of that nature, and then ideologies and um, alliances, and so I just know how to. I feel more confident, like checking a box on voting day. Right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. That's very cool. I like that a lot. I'm reading a book right now. I put it away when we were almost moving. Uh, it's called "The Rise and Fall of American Growth." It just follows the economic pro uh, progress since Civil War, which right is on. really interesting. It's all, I'm not an economics guy, and like it's not. It's something that. I'm very much lacking and not as much maybe anymore now I understand but it's a very cool because it's talking it's kind of blending things I care about where it's like inventions like electricity monorail uh, trains refrigerators uh, cars and then also taking into account like well you also have to take into account that the South didn't have a lot of money after the Civil War and that like their whole economic way of living was obviously broken and they sure. had to figure out how to make money uh, ethically um, and so it's just interesting not like when you say, like, uh, it, it makes, like, the stereotypes that we have for, like, oh, well, that's just, like, a typical Southern racist, like, or an un typical uneducated Southern racist who believes this. Well, to a degree, maybe they are like that, but more than likely, they are suffering hardships, and they have a lot of emotion that they don't necessarily know who to blame, and they've been told to possibly blame a specific group and most likely a minority yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's just like, it's not, I don't know if it's necessary. I hate the word of calling people stupid because I think it's just like we all have a capacity of learning, I think. And it depends on how much we feel that with books, with conversation. Exactly. I don't know. What are you, I'm, I'm talking a lot. What are your thoughts? No, I think I think I love that you're saying that because I, I think what you're trying to get at is like, and something I've like is civil discourse. And civil discourse, you need to be able to talk to somebody across the aisle in order to... And that's that was, like, my one of the few things in college that, like, opened my eyes. Mm. One of my good friends was from Dallas, and he, like, you know, he sat down with me, and we just talked, like, mm. very um, non-emotionally and, like, objectively about politics and, and governance and everything of that nature. And I realized, like, oh, what you're, like, what people are trying to do, you have to understand the origin of like their like their worldview and then once you can do that you can see the humanity in their ideas like they're just trying to and i'm not defending anyone who's don't do anything bad i still dis i'll still diametrically disagree with them but at the same time you can see the humanity there and then you can maybe start to like connect say hey look we both want the best for the world yeah this is where i'm coming from this is where you're coming from let's talk about it um but with that being said that's how i've always thought so i never bash people for being a certain political leaning but there's certain things especially that with like black lives matter where like you you, you can't just agree to disagree on some things you sure, know sure so sure sure there's certain things where it's like okay morality human human rights um 
human dignity being taken away from somebody, you can't just be like, ah, different views, we're still friends. No, no, no. I th That's just one thing. And I won't, yeah. like, be super combative about that, but I, I just, I can't say, like, I, you know, it's, it's tough to, to rectify in my mind, like, you're still a good person. And that's so. that's something I've thought about a lot because like and, and and we see it a lot with with family sometimes where it's like they have different beliefs or whatever. It's like I don't understand my my dad will say like I don't understand like how like they can think like this and like what is that? How do we like how how do we change their minds? And like I don't. I, my thought is like, do we have to like find different ways of explaining things? You know what I mean? Like, do we have to work a little bit harder yeah. to like make them someone realize what they? Where they're maybe missing a point or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I have you read? I, I read this book called "How to Be an Anti-Racist" by Dr. Abram X. Kendi, and he talks quite a bit about like if you want to persuade people to think differently, you have to basically almost make like why you should do something. Like say for example, like we should we should give everyone healthcare because that's the right thing to do. Don't don't leverage like emotion. Don't leverage like okay, this is right. This is just the right thing to do. Leverage why it should be beneficial for them. Mm. So like, and and yeah, yeah, in their contextual experiences. Yeah, so like like so like help contextualize why something should be done to be, and and not because this is the right thing to do and people are suffering, but this is the right thing to do because you'll be better off in the long run. Mm. And you know, keeping a certain uh, minority group down will be ultimately bad for i don't know everyone e economics everything it's it's better because of this reason that affects you positively yeah. opposed to saying why would you do something that's bad mm -hmm. why would you do something that's bad or you're a bad person you know so yeah. i th that's i think you have the, the the right questions and that's it's hard to do it's a nuanced thing but how do yeah how do we one of these days this country will re revitalize civil discourse and we can have these conversations you know yeah I, I think it's far away, but hopefully. I know what it, and what's it gonna take? Is it gonna take like people? So you're probably uh, 24, 24 or so. 24. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm 25. I can run for Congress now, right? Um, <laughs> can you? I didn't know. I'm that. pretty sure 25. I, I could be wrong, but I think it's 25. Is that what we really just need to start doing and buckling up and being like, all right, if you're not doing this, and I don't, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know like constitutional jargon, right? Yeah. But like. I understand people and I understand I'm trying to learn and I'm willing to learn and I'm willing to have those conversations. Of course I should start out maybe with like, I don't know, school board or like alderman or like something small yeah. position. Right. But like, should we, I don't know. Like what, how, yeah, what do we that, do? That, how do we find that, people? That, like, that's something that I've kind of, I think politics is one of those things where you're like, Oh, like I'm never going to be a, a Senator or a Congressman, but as you get older, like, you know, I'm 24, you're 25. We still like, we still feel pretty, pretty young and pretty like, mm -hmm. you know, like pubescent, even though we're really not. And I think one of the, I'm a big silver linings guy, you know, optimist. And so Donald Trump, if there's one, if there's one silver lining about Donald Trump. It's that he, he showed us that, yo, you can be somebody who has no credentials, no validity, isn't even articulate mm. and can somehow True. or another galvanize a group of people to vote for him so i to, to your point to your question like should i do this i'm i'm not saying like you should do it but <laughs> people should start to do it and not do it in a way that's like don't be a populist about it like trump yeah. is like you know but yeah i and so that's something i've been i've been toying with is like 
should I kind of pivot what I'm doing in my life in order like maybe do something where I can make a difference and not mm-hmm. sit idly by while the world fucking burns to death. So. I mean, at, at my point in life where I'm at and I'm in this, I think I'm just in this constant phase of learning and getting better. And I think we all, we're always at that point, yeah, exactly. but especially with COVID, like I'm not going to be really auditioning for like movies or not that I was auditioning for movies or, or auditioning for TV shows or trying to like get pilots made or like doing a bunch of stand up and all this stuff. Like this is my time where I'm like reading economic books, reading about like theater, like philosophy and all this shit. And so it's like, this is the next, also the thing I can do where it's like, I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to be on the ballot this, this November for anything. So the best thing I could do, I just interviewed, um, uh, it was a, not my best interview, but I interviewed, um, uh, Curran, Mark Curran, who's our, our Republican Senator candidate, um, really? which was like crazy that I, that he even wanted to do with me. Cause it was based on another podcast. It's called the fool. And it's just, I'm an idiot. I'm like a foolish person. And the interview wasn't how I wanted it necessarily to go, but that's like where I'm okay. Well, at this point where I'm at, it seems like this is what I can offer and hopefully start a dialogue. But I also, I know I'm not like the person who needs to necessarily be talking, you know, like I'm not, I think there's a lot more important people or not important, but like there are more important stories and um, words that need to be heard. And they're not necessarily out of my mouth. Yeah. I could be a vessel, but I, I don't also want to come off of this person where like, let me give you this uh, yeah. soapbox or I, whatever. I, I think, I think, and first off, this podcasting is something that I, I want to do. Yeah. And um, I think the best, like I love language and I love, I think like, you know, what is it conversation induced catharsis is like what i'm always after and i think in order to achieve that or at least if you're like on a podcast like people give rogan a hard time because he'll bring on like edgy people but in all reality like what why not facilitate a conversation and extract their ideas and then when you put them up on a, on a banister like okay we're gonna have a long-form conversation i'm just gonna do my best to facilitate this conversation and get out of you what you your ideas your stories your thoughts yeah. you know your essence of who you are and then give the people that on a platter and say, hey, look, this is who, like, he had, like, Bernie Sanders on. I think he had Andrew Yang on. Mm-hmm. He's had some, he had, had some politicians on. And, you know, that gives, it's, it's not just, like, bold, like talking points. It's like, this is who I am. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I, if I was a podcaster, which I hope to be at some point in my life, Hell yeah. I, think, I think it's audacious and it's cool that you interviewed somebody who people might, why are you interviewing a Republican? Sure. Why the fuck not? Why not? Why not? Well, I, I think if anything, we should be listening to the other side. And, and once we listen to them, like maybe, maybe there's, if there's one point or one, at least, you know, impetus or catalyst to why they're making a, a choice that people understand and comprehend now, that makes us more well-informed and, and it, it gives us a little bit closer to bridging, you know, uh, tying, whatever, across the aisle, getting yeah. across the aisle. Yeah. And maybe we can actually sit down and Republicans and Democrats can uh, talk. And, and, and if nothing else, like the, the great idea of like, like putting an olive branch to the other side of the aisle, it also makes you more sure where it's like, whoa, I definitely am more liberal than I like, than I realized too, because like, I don't agree with what I just learned from you. Sure. But you can also be like, well, I can't, I understand, I know where you're coming from now. Like I do. I mean, and you're like, well, now I'm more confident in my vote. Now I know, like, yeah, this is the person I yeah, should vote it's, for. Yeah, it's either gonna confirm uh, what you're currently doing, or if so be it, it it it, it um, invalidates some of your thoughts. Then pivot your mind, and 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 that's going back to what I was saying about like being independent. I was like, there's some things about every 
you know, about being, there's some liberal ideologies or democratic policies. And I'm just like, that one isn't for me <laughs> and that's okay. Yes. You know? Um, so I, I think it's, it's a cool, um, it's like a noble thing to do. I think pot, podcasting is cool. I think it, for me, and I think it's for a lot of our people of our generation and our age range. I think that I've always had, I've never understood why we have two parties and I've never understood oh, like what, like, why can you only be like, well, I'm going to always vote Demo vote Democrat. I'm always going to vote Republican. And it always like, I just never understood from the kid. And, and maybe the, and like, I chalked it up. Well, I'm a kid. Maybe I'll understand one day. And yeah. I still, I don't, but I do understand. I do understand why, because it makes it simpler, easier to vote. It's a black and white thing, right? Or it makes it seem like it's black and white. Yeah. I, I also think it's it, it exploits people, kind of thing. It it, it it pits people against each other. And then I think people start to like think, you know, ultimately, like if there's just two decisions and and somebody is on their side, and I I think it's like it's almost a way of keeping people kind of in in check opposed to like saying so what so what what i learned from like one of my uh friends in in college who he was like a from texas like one debate in the state of texas wow. so he's a uh, very well versed in all this stuff is that you're supposed to vote selfishly meaning like whatever makes you happy whatever whatever the policy is that makes you um affects your life the most positively you should vote in that way and then what what the, what has happened from there is that Okay, the Republican Party, for example, yeah. they they shouldn't exist because, and the reason that they still exist is because they've used like religion and um, abortion type shit to exploit poor white people, kind of thing. And so, if it if it if, it, if there wasn't if it wasn't like that, if it was just like, Jesus, dude, people, why is that guy driving so fast, man? Yeah, I don't know. Fucking reckless. But, Have a um, transmission. I don't know. I'm going on a tangent now. No, no. Well, I but, I, I like, really like what you're saying. So. And I, I do agree too, because the more I listen to the Republican Party, the more I'm just like, well, it seems like almost a, a like lot of it's, it's a, it's a preserve, it's like a preservation of white culture. Interesting. It, it, from from my from a lot of perspective, it's like, hey, look, like people in the South who have been, you know, historically may, maybe um, un, underfunded and after the Civil War, they were, you know, not wealthy or whatever, and and now you have this haven and, and your your life is good, and then they they push fear like, oh, they're gonna take your guns away, like, mm. oh, if I don't have my guns, right. I can't. It's almost like a form of bullying, in my opinion, sometimes, where it's like you're taking advantage of people's either lack of education, just due to, and that's not, it's not saying they're dumb. That's saying that they either had, a, they either dropped out, poor schooling system, which is unfortunate, or they're taking advantage of like lack of opportunity based on what they were born into and all this stuff. Sure. And they're taking that and turning it into fear, and especially in in this Trump, uh, uh, these four years. Yeah. And and even like so with like probably Reagan to a degree and I, that's another thing I need I need to learn more about past presidents I really want to read about Jimmy Carter yeah. um but yeah yeah I hear what you're saying and yeah so I I think I there's like a there's a rule and I'm not I might be saying it wrong but like the the independent candidate needs to get 15 percent of some vote or some kind of vote in order to be able to like actually join in on these debates and I think like our generation or our people who listen like if if we if we go and we hear a, a debate between biden trump and then some third party guy and we actually listen to it and we say oh shit like what are we even doing talking about trump and, and yeah. this guy let's do this and maybe it won't maybe it won't be this election maybe it won't be the next three elections but down the line that guy's gonna, that that party 
it's going to give somebody a shot. And I, I, it actually breaking this two party system and maybe getting elected and governing in a fucking pragmatic way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's have you have you seen the Roger Stone documentary? I have. Crazy documentary. Wild. Um, I just rewatched it again with my friends. The they talk about the um, the independent or like I, I don't think it was independent. It was like another party who ran during the 2000 election, and essentially how they made it look. They essentially wanted him to run because they knew he would lose or whatever. They they, they were just setting up for failure. I forget what it was. Um, and then because he lost and because there was such power, it like, oh, shit, this person could actually possibly be something. It all of a sudden set back independent or third party candidates way back because everyone, then it became, well, no one from a third party could ever win. Yeah. And it's like it's that ideal that stuck through. And even with I mean, I, I didn't I followed him a little bit. I was looking at his like what he stood for was uh, the was a governor from New Mexico. Was that uh Gary? Was it Gary uh, something? New Mexico. He also ran. He was oh, like a, he was fuck. an independent for uh, um, uh, in 2016. Gary Kasem or something. I forget. Well, Kasich was the Ohio governor, and he was interesting too. I liked what he because he had also the idea of like he was, was he Republican. was he was he was he Republican or was he? Well, John uh, Kasich was a Republican. Gary someone. I the New Mexican. Gary governor. Newsom. I forget his name. I don't I know. Don't think, yeah. I don't know. Um, but anyway, he was like. Also, do you mind if I just take my mask? Dude, this do, is very. Do whatever like, you do. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, all good. Yeah. All good. I don't want the audio to be. Dude, you can put it in your pocket too. You don't have to okay, have anything gonna, in your ear. Do that. Um, all good. I think it'll last interview for the night. I'll disinfect that when I get home. All yeah, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it is unfortunate because it's honestly, it's just an ideal where it's like, it's it's the same motivation where it's like, well, I'll never get into this school, so why try? It's Of course you're not going to get into that school because you didn't even try. Like, you don't even know. Yeah, yeah. So that's the same thing with an independent. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a it's a tough thing that the American political system, especially with the with the lobbying. I mean, it's like the lobbying just puts another an, another component in there. Uh, there's there's a lot, man, and um, we can go on forever. But uh, sounds like I mean, what what uh what type of podcast would you ever want to start? I I just want to do what you're doing. I just want to do like a free form. Like that's the thing. I. I wanted if I'm gonna do a podcast, I just want to do free form. And so I've done, I've like now I've networked pretty well. I just like to if I like see somebody, if I meet somebody in an event, and I think that that they're interesting, I'll say, hey, can you get a, can we get a cup of coffee? Mm. And I'll just talk to them. And like when I was like you know doing that out of college, like 22, 23, they're like, shit, this is this is different. Like I it's didn't. It's also know. easier than we think too. Yeah, yeah, and and that that like built a lot of confidence for me. I was like, oh Fuck shit, yeah. like the CEO or this person is just a human being. Yeah. And when you ask them questions like that aren't, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like, like calculate, like if you just ask them questions about like, just trying to like dissect their brain and like understand not just like, Oh, how did you get to where you were? And what's yeah. your work? It's like, just like, like what, what's a question I would ask somebody? Um, like, I, I can't even think of anything right now because it's just like it just comes off the top of my like dome. If you it, if like, you saw let's say like there was like some stuff in the news about this company, would you talk about that or would you talk about like how they handled something or how would you talk about how like yeah I would I would ask some questions that like weren't like the everyday question. I I would say like how, you know it, part of your business is this certain concept and um, you I may, maybe I I've, I've seen you write in your in an op ed about this that kind of 
opposes what your company does can you tell me how you rectify that or just like the origins of who they are like tell me about who you are mm -hmm. and what you did what you did in college and then how did you end up getting into this business because yeah. i looked at your linkedin and you were actually in something completely different yeah. three years ago right um so yeah i just like getting to know people and actually like asking like questions that like brings cool shit out of them i don't know i I agree. Yeah. I, and I think that's why in the, the trouble about getting into podcasting, I think, too, is that all of a sudden every single conversation becomes, oh, this should be recorded. Uh, I want this to be recorded. Exactly, right now. man. And, and then you're like, well, I also have to be a human being and not everything's recorded. Let's just hang out. And yeah. Talk and chill. Yeah. I just I just moderated my first panel. I do. Uh, I co-direct this like volunteer based nonprofit after work and we do like events and usually they're in person. But obviously we're all doing webinars yeah. now. And I just did my first one and it was it was I was very rusty and those questions didn't they, those questions couldn't be off the, off the dome as much because mm -hmm. it was in like a professional setting sure, of type course. of thing. It, there's I, every different thing is going to call for a different level of preparation. Yeah. And I, I, I like podcasting because it, it really I feel like it can just be real or it can be organic like and that's why like the debates and I I'm we're going to pivot away from politics in a second. Like, the debates, you know, the debates are um, you know, they're but it's like a bunch of like uh, talking points, and where when you see somebody do a podcast like like uh, Bernie did with Rogan or whoever else, it's like oh, I actually know what he stands for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've I seen actually character. You've I actually seen... know what it. I actually know what they're talking about, and so if they can do a long form debate, um, that would be uh, ideal. But yeah, I think that that's why podcasting is cool. I just want to. So one thing I was thinking um, was potentially like doing what I just told you, like just interesting people, whether that's an elected official or a CEO or an, a local artist mm. or whatever the hell it is, do, talking to them. And, but I would think mostly it would be like paragons of whatever they do. Like they've, they've, they've achieved something very um, desirable in life, professionally or whatever. And then saying, how can someone in their 20s go about getting to where you're at? And not just like, something doing it, doing it in a way that's like a little bit more like i don't know like it's not like you're trying to do like give us those 10 secrets that yeah like, i'm not like looking for success. secrets i'm just saying like what what like how did you get here and then if there's anything that you can think of right that you would say what you should do like the, tell us about that because i think somebody like a lot of people in their 20s are like you know um what the hell am i doing and what not everyone wants to pay for a master class yeah, exactly. And it's like, I just want to like, and then, but then you see somebody who's like, you, you think of them, they're like, oh, this person's perfect. They've done everything right in their life to get to this point where they have this status and this money or whatever mm -hmm. it is that you desire. And then see, oh, wow, they, they were almost worse off than I was when I was 24. Yet mm -hmm. they did these certain things to get there. And then there's, yeah. you know, there's podcasts out there that, that talk about that. But at the same time, you know, I think I can maybe take a different angle. But. You're going to take it from your own personal angle, and I think that's the thing that you have to remember. And it's tough because as someone who wants to create and is creating, I always, like, have this internal turmoil. I was like, well, like, who the hell am I to, like, create? Because, like, there's so much happening right now. There's so yeah. much being created. Yeah. But, I mean, are you familiar with Chris Gethard? I'm not. He's a comedian. He had a really good show, a uh, podcast called Beautiful Anonymous, where he talks to anonymous callers, who they call him, and he talks. Okay. It's where, like, this is kind of, I mean, it's a spawn of that sure. four years later. Sure. Um, and he talks to this Armenian uh, woman from uh, L.A. who wants to do comedy, and he talks about how, and this is very specific, 
Um, but he talks about, she's like, I don't know if I should do it. And like, I like, who am I to do it? And like, I'm so scared to do it. And he's like, well, the thing you have to remember is that you had a certain amount of life events that happened to you and also other people who are Armenian, perhaps a little, um, more curvy, a little bit more shyer or, and, and, and going off, I'm Armenian. So going off of like traditions that like, if you're very traditional Armenian, how that affected you. And then also like anyone who's from that similar area where it's like if women are treated a certain way there might be similar ways being treated and you are doing this is this might be a different way of thinking there other people might disagree but you're doing those people your people who are have gone through those same exact similar things a disservice by not getting up there and telling those jokes about those things that you care about and have experienced because no one else is telling those things exactly and so on on a micro level we all can offer that thing because we're all going to offer our own perspective. And that's the beautiful thing that we have, right? We all have our own expect, our own perspective. We've all lived a certain life that no one else has lived. Sure. And even if like we do a hundred podcasts and two of them are good, at least those two are good and we got them out there. And maybe those are the ones people find the most or something, you know? Exactly. And that's the thing that, that keeps me going sometimes. And that's why I'm like, well, what am I doing right now? Is this, does this meet this criteria where I'm stimulating thought? I'm giving people voices. I'm, having fun and all those different things. Definitely. Getting out of my comfort zone. Yeah. I, I think that's a that's a really cool way to look at it. I think I think that's why comedy is like my favorite art form because I think everyone has their own like idiosyncratic vantage point on the world. Mm-hmm. And when you can like just like dissect society, mm-hmm. like the way like like Larry David, like the way he looks at society, a lot of it's like, "Oh my god, I always thought about that, but like now it really he put it in a way that's like he almost like calls out like social norms, like why is this social norm right a, a thing, and or like why like why do this or, you know I'm gonna break a social norm and just see what happens and people just put like their vantage point and you're like that's a beautiful vantage point and it's absolutely hysterical like making fun of, like the monotony of life yeah. and I think that and I think that's a to your point like, you know everyone has their own experiences and then like to be able to like I think a com what a comic does is, walk you through that in a, like a very funny way and mm. it's, there's some comics that can really um actually bring out like very like emotions out of you i i think there i've seen some i can't think off the top of my head well did you see um what's his fucking name he's hysterical uh i don't know i i am forgetting it but some people can actually while simultaneously making you laugh can actually uh-huh. bring out like oh wow that's actually a touching story or that's actually a very good point about why why should this be that way? That's yeah, actually, sure, sure, sure. So, and that's the best. I mean, that's like my favorite types. I mean, my favorite types of comedy are satire, I think, mm-hmm. just because obviously that's literally looking, putting the mirror against our society. Sure. And I think that's why I'm also interested in politics is yeah. because like without that, who knows if I'll have comedy because that's the stuff that's like yeah. interesting to me and like this like inequalities of shit is like we need to draw attention to that. Yeah. And what better way to change people's mind than comedy, honestly? I mean, comedy is one of the best ways if you're not being preachy about it. Yeah. To bring attention to something that's absurd. Exactly. Make absurd comedy. And, and I think I think comics, what they do, I think comics are critical thinkers. Mm. Like we think like we're always gonna question why is something this way? Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna make fun of it, right? And I and I've seen comics like that are like pretty tenacious in their like preservation of like, oh, I'm gonna like my Twitter like my my Twitter profile is gonna be solely um you know, sticking to, to, to funny and ridiculous uh-huh. and comic. And now they're like, they're, who I'm thinking of is Tim Dillon. Have you heard of him? Tim Daly? Tim Dillon. No. 
Uh, his podcast is incredible, not just because he is hysterical, but he's also the way he looks at life and politics is is great. But you'll you'll see him not like. Um, I think he made a tweet today. Like people, they're just calling things out. So I'll be here pretty often. Don't worry. <laughs> Not at all. I'll give you a... Oh, my God. Yeah. Should it be candid? Should we just yeah, talk absolutely. back and forth? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're being candid. We're yeah, talking yeah, yeah. about comedy right, right now and Vantage Point. And you were talking about Tim Dillon? Tom Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. Tim Dillon. All right. Thank I'll you. I'll see you next time. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah. You see, you see comics who are always thinking critically because they want to just point out the funny things in society. And they're, they're starting to think critically like, holy shit, this is not funny at all. So, uh-huh. anyway. But um, what's it, what are your favorite, like, podcasts? Um, well, right now I'm really I'm big into Duncan Trussell's Family Hour. Have you I've heard of that, that ever. Yeah. So I got into him based on watching his TV show Minute Gospel, which is a really I think brilliant way of new, new format of uh, of uh, television plus podcast. It's essentially a, t- a cartoon with his podcast. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. As the dialogue, yeah. and it's very cool. Um, For sure. And he's more like into this, like kind of spiritual. He's a Buddhist. He talks about like energy, and he talks about like all this different. Yeah, I cool feel he's like a pretty just intelligent person. He's he's a like really smart guy. Like yeah. and just I love the way he talks. He's on Joe Rogan a bunch. They're pretty good friends. Sure. Um, they just did a five hour one. I haven't finished it yet, but they had a five hour episode that had yeah, some really that, cool that ideas. Was, yeah, man. I gotta um, I gotta check that pot that Rogan episode out, and then his podcast. Yeah, I've heard great. And that's I mean I. Joe Rogan just has so many episodes that like I haven't had the time to dedicate to like, li- and I'm never gonna listen to every episode. Oh, um, but God, I mean, God, he no. is someone who I think is a great interviewer. Um, great. He, like you said, he has really interesting people on, and I think that's important. That I mean, like, shouldn't we trust someone who has everyone on more? The fact that they're well, I mean, that's literally what news should be that, like. That's yes, and that's that's. Yeah, you, you you can't. I can't hit that that point home enough. That's what that what that's what life is about. That's how you learn, man. Yeah. That's how, that's how you learn. So, yeah. But, yeah. I do agree, yeah. So those are the main – those are the main uh, – Duncan Trussell is the main one right now. I just found – I just interviewed um, this young lady, and she, I forget. Her her podcast was um, a solo uh, lady travels or so, something like that. I'll, okay. Uh, um, but, like, she just talked about how she travels alone and uh, what that's like and any tips she can give to other ladies traveling. And that's a cool – I mean – I want to fucking travel in like more and that's, I mean, I'm not a lady, but I'll take anything that's applicable to me. Yeah. And so I'm sure I'll like that one a lot. Um, Definitely. Yeah. I, I de- the, the issue, and I don't know if you, ha- maybe we have similar to this right now. The issue with podcasts right now is we're not traveling as much. We're not on the, we're not on the L we're not at work. We're at home where we can pretty much do any stimulus. Like we have so much stimulus yeah. right now for if we want to put something on. And so, I would listen to podcasts on the train. I would, or while I'm walking through the city, and I I've been listening to less podcasts now. I I've noticed that as well. I I used to have a when I first graduated, I had a, a really long commute, and I would um, I would listen to a podcast every day, and I, I would just like learn so much. I go to work mm. like holy shit, I know yeah. this new Your thing. Your brain's already it's clicking. It's moving. Yeah, and then my commute to work is not as um, even. I mean, I'm not in the office right now because it's work from home, but. My, my commute was less so, and it was less so, like, the podcasts I like are, like, longer, long form, like, hour long, 40 minutes, so an hour. So I started doing more music, more just, like, a, like short, like, bits of audiobook. Yeah. And now that I'm home, like, I've noticed, like, I'm, like, oh, man, like, I miss podcasting. But it's, like, yeah. we're, we're so, like, we're always looking to, like, do stimuli that's, like, you know, we want to eat or we want to go on the computer. So, yeah, I, I get that, man. But I realized when I, when I shortened my commute, I was, like, I'm not learning this much. Yeah. 
because I'm not in, in having podcasts in my mm-hmm. in my life. But back to your earlier, I wanted to make this point earlier. You were saying how like you, you know the podcast it's tough because you're like oh what who am I to be creating this? Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're an admirer of of podcasting, you you look at all these podcasts. You're like oh my god, I'll never be that person. Oh, yeah. But to your point, everyone has their own yeah cool life. So. But. And that is that is the cool thing also. I mean, I'm just thinking of this now where it's like, I just learned about this one thing and, oh, you know, I wonder if there's any podcast about it. And then you type that in on Spotify and then all of a sudden it comes up like, all right, well, I'll listen to this new thing. I, uh, let's see what this person's like. And then also as a podcast, you're like, well, let's see how their, what's their setup sound like? Does it sound good quality? Yeah. Or whatever. And like, then you're like, that's when you start, if you get good at anything that you care about like if you're looking at a financial plan and someone sure. did a bad job of like mocking up or whatever you're like well <laughs> like duh i could do a better job but like then you get lost in it because you're, you're like you don't see it for what it is necessarily yeah because um, yeah. maybe that person like wanted so hard to make this and they finally did and they made it with their phone and good for them they fucking put it up there oh hell yeah definitely definitely hell yeah. and the thing about pod- it's so weird how pe- like podcasts are so they're, they're all so different like like rogan is like the one that i i, I like the more just like genuine authentic organic conversation but then there's ones like ted radio hour which they break up like five ted talks uh and do it's 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 much more calculated mm-hmm. they're trying to they're trying to hit on a certain point and there's ones like the story ones where they have the, the background music yeah. and it's so i love that aspect of podcast creation as well where you put like you're messing with like sound effects and like ambience and yeah scenery essentially for your ears so cool exactly yeah and that that's when you're more like oh i'm like gonna buckle in for like a story time and so it's yeah it's it's a cool medium of expression and information and connection so i mean the cool thing about these is we're gonna have a helicopter in the background like there's so much happening right now bikes going by helicopter you got bikes going by you got a softball Uh i think it's kickball yeah yeah yeah. and then you got people bumping their music left and right over Mm -hmm, here mm -hmm. so um yeah, man. I think this is a cool concept, and I'm I'm so happy that you had me on, man. Yeah, thank you no, so much. thank you so much for joining me. Is there yeah. any last words you want to leave to uh, these listeners? Um, I really don't have any last words. Okay, hey. but um, thank you. This has been really cool and fun, and I wish you guys could see where we are we are right now. It's a gorgeous area, and yeah, um, the anyway, sunset was really nice over there. Definitely, saying. definitely. Yeah. But thank you so much. All right, Nick. thank you, sir. Thanks for listening. This has been Free Interviews with Nick Corey. If you want to get in contact with me, you can follow me on Free Interviews on Instagram. That's all for now. Talk soon.